Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Yavano, CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first. Welcome to the Partnership Economy Podcast. This is your host, Dave Yavano, and we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Brooke Cullison started her career in progressive politics and is now a senior acquisition manager at Liquid IV, the leading brand in the electrolyte and hydration industry. Over the past eight years, Brooke has worked in multiple industries from digital tech to wellness and has touched every digital marketing channel. As a result, Brooke brings a holistic approach to her current marketing approach. She's passionate about using digital channels and partnerships to effectively and efficiently drive customer acquisition and retention. In today's episode, we discuss exactly how partnerships can accelerate business growth and how to take the next step in diversifying a partnership program. Brooke is at a crucial point with her program where she's seen success with traditional affiliates and wants to start working with other partnership types like commerce content publishers and podcasters. I highly recommend listening to this episode, especially if you're looking for tips on how to take your partnerships and revenue acquisition to the next level. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Partnership Economy. I'm excited to welcome Brooke Cullison to the show. She heads up customer acquisition for a hot new brand, Liquid IV. Welcome to the show, Brooke. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Awesome. Welcome, welcome. You know, I've seen Liquid IV pop up a lot online. I noticed a lot of creators promoting your brand. Could you maybe kick us off by just telling us a little bit about Liquid IV and the brand's ethos for those who don't know? So if you don't know, Liquid IV is a hydration brand. Our hero product is the Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier, and it's really a great product. I'm a strong believer. I use it every day. So one of um, the value props of the Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is it does meet the World Health Organization standard for um, or an oral rehydration solution. And not only does it taste great, that means it hydrates you faster than just drinking water alone. So hydration, core of our brand, core of who we are, as well as the science behind Liquid IV, I think that really sets us apart from the rest of the brands or products in the hydration category. Our cellular transport technology, or what we call CTT, is really at the center of that science. And then another really important part of the brand is our mission. We really come from a place of wanting to help people live better lives and optimizing your body through hydration. So it's one of my favorite things about Liquid IV. To date, we've donated about 25 million million servings worldwide. Whether you're a mom or an athlete, we want to make sure you're staying hydrated, you're getting the electrolytes, and you're making them work for your life. Yeah, I just heard from our team today. They're in London uh, putting on uh, an event, and it's just really, really hot uh, in London. It's kind of reaching some peak temperatures for sure. Also, I would say beyond just hydration, tell me if you agree, but like just over the last couple of years, as everyone's kind of, you know, adapting to remote work, you hear a lot about Zoom fatigue, right? And I think a lot of people, you know, have been looking for something to kind of keep up high level of, of energy and engagement staring at a computer screen all year, essentially, or all day. Yeah, Has that driven some growth, do you think, in your business over the last couple of years? We're definitely in a hyper growth mode, especially since everyone 
went inside and stayed inside for quite some time during this pandemic, Liquid IV was in a really unique place where we had a really strong D2C outpost. We're in retail, we're in Amazon, but that really helped us sustain that hyper growth during the pandemic. And I do think I have experienced Zoom fatigue. I also am have just as guilty as anyone else about forgetting to drink water during the day. I think it's almost easier at home to forget, even though it's so accessible. So it's been great for to work for the brand and have that tool at my disposal, disposal to stay hydrated. Um, I definitely think it's better than grabbing that second cup of coffee in the afternoon. People probably forget that hydrating really does energize you. Brooke, our audience is always curious to hear how people got to where they are today. Could you maybe uh, just do a quick walkthrough of your background and how you ended up at Liquid IV doing what you're doing now? I actually started out in politics, worked at a digital comms firm and found a love of advertising, which I, you know, previously coming right out of, out of college, didn't know I had had a sense for. So was there, did the DC thing, came back to LA found myself at a you know a more traditional political comms firm working on the digital strategy team and then for me like especially get into that because you want to help kind of improve people's lives right you're helping them live better and so came to a point where i wanted to change it up and really get on the brand side so it took some time to figure out what exactly i wanted on the brand side and that's kind of how i stumbled into wellness i think there's a lot of direct correlation to helping people live their best lives and you know, started out in CBD and then found Liquid IV, which was pretty much a perfect match that we take our mission so seriously. And it's really at the core of what, our, what we do. So being in this wellness space, being able to do the growth marketing that I'm passionate about has been great. And that is how I'm curr- like currently uh, ended up at Liquid IV. Do you feel that uh, your background in politics and in communication, do you think it, it helps in your partnerships role today? I'm just thinking you know, the way that you're talking about engaging maybe a large publisher, trying to explain what makes Liquid IV um, unique, why it's important. Do you think that that skill set that you developed years ago helps in, in this world of partnerships? I definitely think so. It speeds up that learning curve greatly for for several years, I was working at a comms firm, like really, really f- figuring out how to get the right message across in a tweet. You know, so working for foundations, nonprofit issue advocacy, trying to boil down really, really complicated issues into a passionate and conveying message. So then being able to work with our partners and help them, you know, quickly understand, um, you know, our mission, our brand story, and as well as the product, I do think helps, helps a lot um, working in this space. And then working with even my teams here, making sure that we're all speaking the same language, whether I'm working with our PR team, our brand team, or even our influencer and podcast teams, just to all be on that same page and be able to speak to the story helps a lot. And we're, I think we're doing a pretty good job of it. First of all, you had a customer revenue acquisition at Liquid IV. What role would you say partnerships have played in growing Liquid IV's brand to date? Yeah, our partnerships are really at the core of our brand. We started with influencers. We're big on podcasts and working with our affiliate partners. They've been a great asset in helping us tell our story. They understand the mission and science. Um, and that's really important for us for onboarding as well, that they understand our brand values. They understand the product. They like it. They know what 
flavors there are their favorites because that just helps these partnerships reach new customers and speak to them authentically. So they have been a huge role in increasing our brand awareness, definitely efficiently driving revenue, which as a performance marketer is my role and responsibility. So it's been great to like build out this channel and build out the affiliate side of it as well and continue to bring people into the brand to be our advocates. You're never going to be able to get across everything you want to about your brand and product in just a Facebook ad. So having those partners be a a part of our um, strategy is really, really helpful for just getting that brand story across to customers, letting them know our mission, the science, the flavors. The channel too is extremely efficient. We see great growth in it. We're acquiring new customers. So it's definitely played a big role. Yes. And especially for a new brand as well. It's not like, you know, you've been around for a while. Everybody knows you and it's just about creating awareness or a reminder to go out and buy the product that people have been buying for decades. Let's say it is a new brand. So I think that presents a unique challenge, I think, in terms of how you cut through in in terms of awareness and discovery as a product, but also what's unique about your product, because it is unique. As you said, there is real science behind it, like the speed at which uh, it affects your body is really fascinating and interesting. And you're right. It's really hard to communicate all that stuff in a brand. So like turning to influencers or creators uh, other publishers to help tell that story. That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, how how do you engage with those sorts of partners to, you know, first maybe understand your story and, and you know, do you feed them information? Do you visit with them? Do you invite them in, in some way to engage with you to get, you know, go a level deeper to really understand who Liquid Ivy is and why, why it's important? Yeah, I think we're lucky. We have just an amazing team from the founding team to where we're at today have created a really strong brand. And so even the onboarding process internally, you really get to immerse yourself in the brand and understand Liquid IV and understand the products, which helps because the core of partnerships is really that relationship building aspect. And that's something I've learned now working in affiliates, overseeing influencers and you know podcast partners is building those relationships and making sure partners get it. We don't want one-off partners never having tried the product to work to work with us. We really want them to be loyal and be our advocates and love the product just as much as we do. So being able to share that story with them, we always try to set up whether it's calls or have really um, detailed outreach. So there's always the information readily available, whether in their talking points or on our website. Um, and we're always obviously available to talk with any of our macro or micro influencers, um, getting on calls with podcasts, like I mentioned, um, that's really, really important to us because we want that content that they then produce to really speak to what our brand is, because that's what translates into sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really important point. I mean, in my experience, you know, sometimes I'll engage with, it could be a prospect, it could be a client, it could be somebody from industry. And what I'll hear sometimes is, hey, well, isn't isn't partnership just a, a rebrand or another name for affiliate? I feel pretty strongly that uh, it, it's not, right? Affiliate as a term to me in the past has defined like the transactional campaign nature of how, you know, uh, certain publishers, largely like loyalty types of publishers would grab an offer or a campaign from a brand, run it. If it gets a certain you know, effective CPA uh, or CPM, they'll keep running it. But as soon as it goes under their thresholds, they'll drop it, move on to the next one. There's a very transactional nature to that. And I think what you're describing here 
is there's something that's unique about your brand that requires kind of that deeper level of partnership or engagement for them to understand you and you to understand them and kind of getting that story communicated. So like, I would imagine that your consumer, tell me if I'm wrong, but your consumer probably isn't looking for necessarily a, a discount or a coupon on something. Like they're looking for energy or they're looking for hydration. They are interested in what makes you unique, you know, both your science and, and how you operate as a company and how you give back. And, and it's just a different level of engagement with a partner than just running a campaign for a certain percent off. Do you agree with what I'm trying to articulate there? And, and have you have you factored that into your, your partnership strategy overall? Yeah, I do agree. I think especially the people who have been buying Liquid IV from the get-go have, it's great to see them in the comments, almost doing our work for us, explaining the science to people who I've seen TikTok comments, right? On our creator ad saying like, like just really advocating for what CTT is even, or why we have um, the level of ingredients and vitamins in our product that we do. So it's just such an amazing and unique position to be in where you have such well customers who are such loyalists and really deeply understand the product. Um, I definitely think that's also helped sustain our growth. They really early on in the business, those were the ones spreading the word for us. And then we were able to optimize onto that with partners and ads and see what people come to us for. Like we are really as any brand is, right? You're you're a solution to a customer's problem. That's what you want to be for them and be someone that could help them use hydration and electrolytes to live their best lives. So I would agree, like our partners are similar to that. We have worked with affiliates, TikTok creators in the past too. And when we understand and the the partner and what kind of content and why they're speaking to the audience, as well as they understanding why customers come to us, what's the unique proposition of our product, that's when we have the greatest content. That that's you see that content get posted, you see the the views go up, the clicks go up, the comments go up when you have both of those sides coming together versus content from a partner that maybe doesn't isn't as familiar with what CTT is. Like those fall tend to fall a little bit flat, so that's again why it's really important for us to have that deeper relationship with the partner because the ROI is, is going to be there and going to be higher in the end. Yeah. And talking with you in the past, it seems like you're at an extremely exciting turning point in your own partnership program. And I think this would be really valuable for a lot of our listeners who are in the same boat as you. You've seen success with traditional affiliates. Now it seems like looking ahead, you're, you're starting to diversify. Can you talk a little bit about your strategy moving forward? Again, we are very performance driven. We're looking at what are the new channels out there that we can test and what's going to grow to acquire those new customers. So affiliates, obviously a great channel for us because it's, you know, CPA based and it's extremely efficient. So launching the channel, you obviously get those more traditional partners, the big ones that are out there that we're able to work with. And now it's really a really fun time because we have this solid foundation of our program and then can build on top of that. So what I'm really focusing on is finding more top of funnel content partners, those review sites, ones that write more long form content. So we can start increasing that awareness and acquiring new customers. It's it's really great to see this new strategy, you know, take off and see some early successes of having that more full funnel approach and seeing, you know, our overall CAC um, increase in efficiency and reaching people we previously didn't reach with these partners and these channels. And I think that's 
you know, what's so exciting about this channel as well is just being able to work with so many unique partners that maybe we have a sleep partner who can really speak to our sleep product or someone who's really interested in energy and beating the afternoon slump versus just our standard hydration, let's say Facebook ad, really reaching that wide breadth of people um, and meeting them where they're at with the right message. I don't want to reveal uh, any details, I guess, about your um, your strategy, just in case maybe there's somebody in the audience that you compete with. But like any anything that you can share with regards to a little bit more about the types of partners, I'm imagining there's there's um, fitness publishers, large and small. There's podcasters that that focus on health and fitness. Uh, anything else that that you care to share, just in terms of like as you're looking to diversify your partnership strategy, like where where you're you're primarily focused going forward. I think that general wellness partner is definitely something that we've seen been successful. And that is like, you know, at the core, wellness is our brand. Um, so those kind of partners, whether it's a live strong, a well and good, a health line are really helpful in validating for new customers who we are, and what our product is. And again, increasing those efficiencies of actually acquiring that customer. So we're definitely looking to those types of partners um, and partners that have, you know, a really loyal audience. Like, like, you know, like I said previously, like podcasters are a great example. People really trust those hosts, finding those, those hidden gems with these loyal followings who believe in our product, love our product, and can share that with their audience is who we're currently searching for building out those real content partners with audiences, because that's what's going to increase our reach at this point. Yeah, you mentioned it. I know you're a big believer in meeting uh, consumers where they are at, at the right time to fill their need as well. And, but this is getting harder in an increasingly competitive and saturated digital landscape. You got you to agree with that. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the marketing mix, like how advertising and partnerships fit amongst, you know, just other channels that um, that you're deploying to capture awareness and ultimately capture revenue and customers? Yeah, it's definitely tough out there. Costs are going up. We're about to enter Q4, which, you know, historically has the highest CPMs. People are back outside, not online as much as they used to be when we're all stuck inside. So being able to have a diverse media mix is really, really important to us because it allows us to stay agile and also a little resilient when we see these changes in the industry, like privacy as well. So we've always really taken a full funnel approach with a diverse media mix. So we can see, you know, what is working well, where can we allocate more resources to? And I think Partners plays, again, a really important part in that because they're also always building out their audience, which fits really well into how we're growing our other channels. And again, I mentioned this before, like it's just such an efficient channel for us being able to pay out our partners by the sales they they drive that it's mutually beneficial. So we take that full funnel approach and we're seeing returns on it. It's no surprise that partnerships can really help brands sustain a hyper growth phase. Liquid IV is a great example of that. They put a huge emphasis on working with partners who really understand their brand and their product. And this appears to be crucial to the success of their partnership program. As Brooke mentions, there's only so much you can put in a Facebook ad, but partners allow you to tell a longer story and help you acquire customers in an oversaturated digital landscape. It's also exciting to see a performance marketer looking ahead and recognizing the importance of diversifying their partnerships. 
Stay tuned to hear some great how-tos on attribution and influencer marketing, as well as a deep dive on how to understand your customer and what we can predict for H2. I almost hate to open Pandora's box with this question, but I have to ask, well, while I got you on the topic, just the, the topic of attribution, how you attribute credit to what is driving incremental value you know, across the mix. Any tips for the audience on, on how you approach it? Uh, just you yourself, Liquid IV as a company, things that you've learned, um, especially you know, related to some of the trends and changes in, in the marketplace today? Yeah, attribution is always a fun one, um, especially these days with the privacy changes the industry is seeing. But it is really important. That's also why I love the affiliate channel. It makes attribution a little easier. So within our channel, we definitely make sure that our attribution is set up correctly, whether we're giving our partners vanity codes, um, making sure they're using their links, and then you know connecting our, whether it be Google Analytics and Impact, to make sure that that is tracking correctly and attributing sales to the appropriate channels. Because you do want to know who your top performers are and be able to build out those relationships with partners that are performing well so they drive more site traffic for you and more sales because then that frees up some capital for you to go after new partners and build new relationships. Being able to attribute performance to the right partners and making sure you really, really understand what's working in your program and what's not is, I think, pretty crucial. Like with our agency, like that is something that is always, you know, top of mind. One of our first discussion I- items is making sure that is solid. So we knew, know who's working well and who we should go after next. Mm-hmm. I know a common um, question from listeners is or area of interest is specifically working with influencers, creators. Um, how are you typically compensating them? Is it more on a fixed fee? Is it more on a performance basis? Is it a mix? If it's a mix, you know, what's, what would you guess is kind of like the average split, you know, brand versus performance, where you might be paying a fixed fee for a, a time-based campaign versus more of that residual performance affiliate sort of uh, relationship with content that stays out there for years even? Yeah, it's an interesting question because there are so many different opportunities. The this space with influencers, partners is so big and everyone almost wants to work with you on a, a different basis. And it also really depends on what their platform is. Like we would work, probably work with, you know, an email newsletter, compensate them differently from how we compensate an influencer or, you know, a coupon and loyalty partner. Part of the challenge of this vertical, but definitely exciting to be able to have that, again, diversification within our partner channel and making sure that everyone has, at the end of the day, like has a good relationship with us and feels like they're being appropriately compensated. um, And it makes sense for performance. I heard uh, from someone recently, they think of working with creators and influencers as split between working with those that are more aspirational in terms of their relationship with their audience and those that are more relatable. Meaning the aspirational people are a little bit, I wouldn't call them celebrities, but they're kind of in the higher tier of hard to get or hard to work with type of thing, you know, more well-known, let's say. And the relatable people, maybe your average person that has an engaged audience, but, um, you know, they tend, you know, brands like yourself might tend to work with them on a more performance basis. Do you think about it in that same way at all? How I come at that and just working at different size companies in the past. It also really depends on like where you're at in your business cycle and what your resources look like. It's interesting to see how there can be someone with 10,000 followers perform better than someone with a million. 
So as anyone's starting out in the space, like definitely keep that in mind. They're, these smaller influencers have sometimes have a really loyal audience um, and maybe have higher engagement. They might be talking to a smaller pool, but it could end up performing much better than spending a lot of your media budget on a bigger person who might not drive a lot of sales. It's really like also thinking through that balance of awareness or performance. And again, having the right mix of that. So all your media does work together well. And just to be clear, when you say perform better, I'm assuming that you mean like moving product, like driving sales. Is that what you meant by that? Yes. But then for everyone, right, it's your own KPI. Like maybe you're you're looking at driving performance. So then you're going to evaluate partnerships, the partners that you want to recruit differently than maybe my scenario, looking to drive revenue or move products. So Again, being really clear on your goals when going into a partnership is extremely important. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you've seen a lot, you've accomplished a lot, you know, both personally and professionally. Any advice uh, or tips uh, for someone in your position? I would say both career-wise, because I think a lot of our listeners find that fascinating for an accomplished person like yourself, but also in in this economy of partnerships. What tips or advice would you would you kind of offer up to, to those that are still earlier in their career? Yeah, I would definitely say um, early in your career, get as much experience as you can and really expose yourself to all these different channels. When I started out, I was only doing programmatic advertising. Um, and over over the years, over the roles, I was ex- exposed to so much more email marketing Affiliate. I when I started at um, my previous job role at Focal CBD, I had never really touched affiliate marketing, and the founder there was a mentor helping me understand this space, which I you know find fascinating. So just being able to learn different things and try out new things, you'll find a role that's really the right fit for you and where you want to grow into. And then you know when you're specifically in this growth marketing growth marketing role, kind of mentioned it there. You always have to be ready to pivot. Advertising changes quickly. It's super competitive out there, especially in the D2C space. So being able to be agile and change your strategy, make sure that you're creative is really engaging your customer. You know who your customer is, is extremely important because at the end of the day, your ad is going to have to stand out or your partnership is going to have to stand out among hundreds of others and engage that customer and speak to them exactly where they need to be spoken to. And then something, you know, interesting, we kind of touched on it too, like starting at liquid IV, hydration really comes to people's minds when it's hot. So making sure you understand how your business moves and when customers engage with you to really capitalize on that for a growth marketer, that's always extremely important to know your seasonality and pay attention to seasonality so you can get that ROI that you need. I want to unpack just one thing that you said with that, which was great, I thought, which is understanding your customer. I think a lot of businesses or professionals just overcomplicate what that means. And just wondering if you have any tips for our listeners as to how you aspire to do that, to better understand your customer and how you weave it into your partnership strategy. Two things come to mind. One, really paying attention and understanding your data and making sure you have the tools to interpret your data. That is crucial, especially in the current world we're living in. Having first-party data is going to give you the edge. So being able to act on that correctly is extremely important. And then secondly, it's really listening to 
your partners. You know, I love getting feedback when we drop a new product from the influencers affiliates we were working with. You know, we send, we always send them out the product first. And it's so interesting to hear what they say back. And we really pay attention to that or when customers DM us as well. You can't not listen back to your customers when they're speaking back. So being able to pick up on that is is really important. And when you can, when you take the the qualitative and quantitative, that can really help inform your strategy because you you know don't want to be serving ads around fitness when your true customer is maybe a mom who's just trying to hydrate while she's raising her kids, or really speaking to both, depending on where they're at. That's all something that you have to think about. So it's really really important just to know your customer. Do you survey your, your customers as well? That kind of ask like, what are some of the top podcasts they follow? Some of the top influencers or creators on, on platforms like YouTube, do you, do you kind of survey them to kind of gather that, that info or do you just primarily do your own research? Um, we do both. We definitely like look at what shows have been working well for us and look at what other shows are likely those listeners are engaging with as well. Cause obviously, as you know, like touch points are really important and seeing what influencers do well for us and trying to match those audiences with other influencers and then also definitely asking our customer, every customer, you know, how'd you hear about us? Those exit, I think those exit surveys are really insightful. Maybe as a, as a final question, um, you know, we're kicking off, you know, the second half of this year, you know, we're in the middle of summer here, I guess. Um, what trends are you noticing? Like anything that you see playing a big role in just how you're, you're going to market for the rest of this year? Yeah, I think the industry overall is you know, starting to see maybe people tighten up a little bit, not spending as much as they they did. Obviously, that excludes travel, but definitely starting to maybe see that trend a little. I know that like people I follow are all talking uh, talking about that and how to overcome it. Which again, speaking to your audience where they're at is really important. And then definitely always seeing the rise of advertising costs. I think previously we saw CPMs at really low point when everyone was just on TikTok all day. So seeing those go up and figuring out again, how to make your brand, your story, your ad stand out and actually engage customers will again, be extremely important as we continue on through Q3, Q- through the summer into the holiday season. Thank you, Brooke, for joining us today on the Partnership Economy. This has been a great conversation. I know our listeners are going to love it. We'll see you again. Thank you. Liquid IV has built a strong and efficient partnership channel based on a few key pillars. They recruit the right partners because they understand their customers and what they want. They ensure that their partners have a deep knowledge of their products and they value tracking and attribution. And they don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon as they're forward thinking and actively expanding their partnership types in order to have a full funnel approach. Any marketer who's looking to drive growth for their partnerships can draw inspiration from Brooks Ethos. Brooke also shared some great insights into the challenges that we all face in the advertising industry and how important it is that we're ready to pivot at any time. She highlighted that we need to be paying attention to trends like rising ad costs, listening to customer feedback, and the seasonality of our businesses. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you, Brooke, for joining us on The Partnership Economy, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to The Partnership Economy, brought to you by Impact.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts.